It's liftoff at Indianapolis International. Multi-million dollar runway renovations taking shape, what it means for air travel and the impact on Indiana's economy. Plus, what Beacon Health is doing to meet the needs of a critical supply and demand healthcare issue in Northern Indiana. Tempting the taste buds Italian style. Indiana's newest made from scratch pasta hotspots in this month's Trendiana. From Indianapolis, with an eye on every corner of Indiana, this is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Here's a look at what's making Indiana business news headlines this week. The first phase of a nearly $200 million runway reconstruction project is underway at Indianapolis International Airport. Airport Authority Executive Director Mario Rodriguez calls it one of the most important projects in airport history. President Joe Biden signed the Chips and Science Act of 2022 into law this week, paving the way for a potential major wave of semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S., including including here in Indiana. The law provides more than $52 billion in grants and other incentives for the semiconductor industry, as well as a tax credit for companies that invest in chip plants in the U.S. Purdue says the new law will also support research and development and workforce initiatives. The Great Lakes Valley Conference is planning to make a big splash by moving the 2023-24 Men's and Women's Swimming and Diving Championships from Elkhart to Evansville. The next two meets will take place at the recently opened 27 million dollar Deaconess Aquatic Center. Now on to our top story, that runway expansion project at Indianapolis International, where crews will be pouring enough concrete to build a two-lane highway from Indianapolis to Terre Haute. Let's go now to airport, to the airport, and Executive Director Mario Rodriguez. Uh, Mario, why is this project so important? You say it's perhaps the most important project since the airport opened. Oh, Gary, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here and congratulations on all your success and all your show success. Uh, it's incredibly important because it's, it lays the foundation to keep this airport viable for the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people look at the terminal because that's what where they come in and they get on an airport or on an airplane and then take off. But actually, the runway is incredibly important on all the systems, all the landing systems, everything that makes aircraft go and land and take off safely are the most important thing that we could do here at the airport. Yeah, it's a a three-year, big project, three-year projects, nearly nearly $200 million, 2,700 jobs. So this will be an economic uh, generator as well. Well, absolutely. Most people don't think about it deeply, but construction does create jobs and it creates good jobs. Last year, for example, 87% of every dollar spent at the airport went to local firms, local construction firms, local people that provide everything from, you know, sanitary equipment to, to construction equipment to pouring concrete. So most of the money spent here, most of the money spent by the airport is spent on local local firms. Mario, Mar- I've got to ask you, uh, flying these days uh, is a real pain in the, uh, well, the you know why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's widely you know, talked about all over the country. Is there any end in sight, any relief in sight to travelers, whether it's here to Indianapolis uh, International or around the country? E- eventually, Gary. But what's happening right now is that Let's say that our industry is in a transformative phase. 
the two years of the pandemic really squeezed 10 years of change into the industry. A lot of the flight crews that were ready to retire were early retired by the airlines. So you don't have that amount of capacity anymore. On top of that, there's another thing. What we're doing right here, business travel is changing. Mm -hmm. A lot of the companies are doing virtual meetings, which is fine. There's still a lot of flying, a lot of business flying. Don't get me wrong, but the airlines, at least the legacy carriers, United, Delta, and American, modeled their revenue on business and first class. Once you take out a part of that, you have to basically redo your your business model. Okay, let's look so those at are two look, of the items that are that are, that yeah. are really hitting the airlines hard. Mario, let's look at nonstop flights. Been a big increase over the last several years at the airport at nonstops, which a lot of people uh, are applauding, certainly. Yep. 44 nonstops now. What are prospects for additional nonstops going forward? We are working very hard. I think they're very good. Uh, there's a lot of places that are underserved, and, and there's a lot of places that leisure travel wants to go to. And there's still a large component of business travel out of the indie market. The indie market is extremely strong for the airlines. And I think you may be delighted in the very near future, and you'll be the first one I call to, to inform as to our new, our new nonstops. Also, if you look at the runway, going back to the runway, two miles of highway gets you two miles down the road. This two miles of runway will get us all the way to Europe. Yeah, okay. I want to ask you about that because a lot of speculation. I know the airport, city, state, been working for a long time to get another nonstop to Europe. Had the nonstop to Paris that, of course, went away. How, how soon could we see a nonstop? Would it be to, would it be to London? What, 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 what are we looking at? And how soon do you think we might hear something? It, it, it may be it may be towards the end of the year. I'm not guaranteeing anything. The state and the city and the airport are working incredibly hard to solidify something. Uh, it's not solid yet, uh, but there is interest by airlines to fly into Europe from this market. And like I said before, the market the market is an incredibly strong market. The business market here is incredibly strong, and it can sustain a flight. All right. As the sign in back of uh, you says, uh, 10 years in a row, best uh, airport in North America. Mario Rodriguez, as always, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Gary. All right. Bye-bye now. Coming up next, the business of health takes us to South Bend and a look at what's fueling continued expansion at Beacon Health. Plus, my next podcast with Indiana's first chief equity officer. You know, walking into this type of work, I was nervous about that, but I've seen it as such a great opportunity to bring people with diverse perspectives together to look at the health of our state and how Hoosiers experience quality of life. So it's been really positive, but I've had to have my, my armor on some days and take a couple of hits. It's all right. Kara Herring, a name that may not ring a bell now, but it probably will stick after you hear what she has to say on the Business and Beyond podcast. You can find it starting Monday at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. It's time now to go Inside Innovation. 
tackle industry insiders say Indiana's efforts to become a major player in the microelectronics sector is moving in the right direction. Thanks in part to Skywater Technologies' plan for a $1.8 billion semiconductor research and production facility at Purdue University. The state has also forged several partnerships with Purdue, including a deal with Taiwan-based chipmaker MediaTek, which will put its first semiconductor chip design center in the Midwest on the West Lafayette campus. Trava Security, an Indianapolis-based cyber risk management and insurance startup, has closed in its second round of seed funding. The startup says it will use the $4.5 million investment to further grow its software platform. Trava launched out of indie-based venture studio High Alpha in December of 2020. Delivering mail went high-tech this week. The special drone delivery conducted by Lawrence-based startup DroneDeck, showcasing its product by delivering the first-ever batch of traditional mail to a smart mailbox. DroneDeck also says the technology capable of delivering food and packages. It's time now to check in with Kylie Valletta for this week's Business of Health. Thanks, Gary. IU Ventures is investing nearly a half million dollars in a startup that centers on patients helping other patients. Paul Hoffman is a cancer survivor and IU Kelly School of Business graduate. He remembers feeling lost when he was diagnosed with cancer and wanted to talk to other patients with the same diagnosis who had success stories. That experience opened the door to his latest venture called In Tandem Health. While some health systems do have mentor programs, Hoffman says they're clunky and require medical staff to do much of the legwork. In Tandem Health says it's the next generation, adding technology to connect newly diagnosed patients with peer mentors. They can communicate on the platform and a hospital staff member can manage the mentor groups. And so it's also going to empower these patients that are newly diagnosed to have better uh, visits with their doctor. So now they're, they're less anxious and now they have all this information and knowledge and now they've been given this roadmap from their mentor and they're going to have much better uh, appointments, which hopefully lead to better outcomes. And then I think the, the final thing would be um, it will create um, community, bring more patients, retain more patients, and really make uh, consumers feel like this hospital cares and they've humanized the healthcare experience by allowing me to talk to somebody who's a grateful, experienced patient. This is Hoffman's second venture. His hospital online billing company was acquired in 2006. South Bend-based Beacon Health has opened a 20,000-square-foot, nearly $12 million healthcare center in Goshen to help keep up with the growing demand for outpatient services. The Beacon Goshen Outpatient Center will include urgent care, an imaging center, and a range of specialists. It is the first Beacon location to feature an open MRI and kiosks for patient check-ins. As part of a corporate restructuring of its primary care operation, Marathon Health says it has cut 94 jobs. The private company, which splits its headquarters between Indianapolis and suburban Burlington, Vermont, says the cuts amount to about 6% of its workforce and were largely in non-clinical positions. Co-founder Ben Evans says despite the cuts, the company is expanding into new markets and has about 200 open positions, including nearly 30 in Indiana. Gary, back to you. All right, Kylie, thank you. Well, up next, a new look for transportation in Northwest Indiana. How the Ports of Indiana is merging big rigs and electric vehicles to drive the future of energy use. And in this week's IBJ, Monument Circle in downtown Indy could soon get a whole new look, one that would make it more pedestrian friendly. But what would that look like? 
why many banks in Indiana have beefed up their credit loss reserves and a condo for your car. You can check it all out and a lot more at ibj.com. In 1908, the Delphi Indiana Wagon Works Company began making wagons and plows. Later, the firm established by Fisher and Bradshaw built the first school bus. It was a closed-body, horse-drawn school bus. It was made until the 1920s when vehicles became powered by gasoline engines. Let's take a look now at what's happening around Indiana with Mary Rachel Redmond. She's in our studio in downtown Indianapolis. Thanks, Gary. With her HGTV spinoff series set to debut in September, Good Bone star Mina Starziak-Hawk is hard at work building her business footprint in Fountain Square. Since Good Bones hit the airwaves in 2016, it's been a huge hit across all HGTV platforms. And Mina and her mom, Kieran Lane, have taken advantage of catching in on its success. Two Chicks District Company offers a variety of home decor items and furnishings. It's right in Bates Hendricks, where we also have our roots with Two Chicks District Co., which is our store and our bistro. It's a lot of moving parts, um, and uh, retail's tough. Um, particularly brick and mortar. And we opened a brick and mortar in the middle of COVID. We are, it was our two year anniversary in June. So uh, particularly given those circumstances, the store is doing really well. Mina is also making an impact on women by speaking out on issues many don't like to talk about, including infertility. And when I started talking about things and got so many like thousands of messages from women saying, thank you for talking about this. It makes me feel better about X, Y, Z, or it makes me feel like I can talk about this because that's something that's easy for me. I will do that. I will do that all day long. What, like, what else do you want to know about? What do you want to hear about? Cause I didn't really realize because it's not how I am, how many people really have a struggle talking about infertility or, you know, uh, babies or plastic surgery or weight loss or weight gain or, you know, being a woman working in the construction, so many things that I'm like, okay, who do you want me to make mad? I can talk about that. <laughs> Fine. And although her plate's full now, what's next for Mina? I've found my next love and I can't have it. I can't afford it. I'm, I'm like six ways from Sunday. I'm like, well, what if I do part cash and part financing? Can I, oh, I can't finance it because there's a rental property on it. So it had to be a, I'm in love with it. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want anyone else to be in love with it, but it is a bigger project than this. And I want it for me. I like, I want to make it my forever home, even though I thought my last one was my forever home. Um, so it's, it's my wish list right now. Other than that, I have no idea. Also making headlines in Northwest Indiana, where there's no gas or diesel in this heavy-duty truck. It's zipping along the ports of Indiana Burns Harbor, fueled by electricity under a new pilot program. The ports unveiled to encourage companies to fold electric vehicles into their fleets. When you look at the things that have made you successful for the past 50 years, and you start looking at the next 50 years, what's going to make, make us successful um, looking at energy and energy in a different way is certainly one of those areas that, um, you know, we feel that is going to be a, a real key to our future success. This is the way that we're going to be doing business and the way we need to be doing business going forward. And another program elsewhere, the Broadband Ready Communities program aims to encourage broadband development throughout Indiana. The certification sends a signal to the telecommunication industry that a community has taken steps to reduce barriers to broadband infrastructure investment. The certification was approved by the Indiana Broadband Office after the county's adoption of a broadband-ready community ordinance. 
Indiana farmland prices hit record highs over the last year. The latest survey from the Purdue University Department of Agriculture Economics shows top quality farmland averaged 12,800 per acre between June of 2021 and June 2022. The survey shows statewide cash rental rates also increased to their highest levels across all land quality classes over the last 11 years. For a look at more Hoosier headlines across the state, visit our website at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. It's time now for Eye on Education. The Purdue University Board of Trustees has approved a 10-year capital plan to raise money for a new home for the College of Pharmacy and the School of Nursing, among other projects. The biggest project, construction of the 200,000-square-foot academic home for pharmacy and nursing. Purdue estimates construction will cost about $160 million, with just over half that amount requested from the state. The Mindful College Connections program is named a U.S. Army veteran as its first executive director. Dr. Curtis Wisely will lead the consortium, which is a collaboration among Rose-Hulman Institute of Technology, DePaul University, and St. Mary of the Woods College. It's aimed at addressing the mental health needs of students. The program is supported by an $8.1 million grant from Lilly Endowment. And a taste of Italy on the table in this month's Trindiana segment. The newest places to find handmade pasta in Indiana. That's when we come back. It was this week in 1884, Frank Brown Shields was born in Indiana. The Franklin College grad would go on to found the Barbasol Company in Indianapolis, most famous for its popular shaving cream. Well, Fort Wayne is about to get a taste of Chicago, Illinois-based Moore Brewing, planning to build a restaurant and brewery at the North River site. That's the former home of an omni-source metal recycling plant that has sat vacant since 2006. The brewery expects to invest about $6 million in that project. Well, you don't have to travel to Italy to find fresh handmade pasta right here in the Hoosier State. Let's go now to Yelp's director of community campaigns, Brittany Smith, in downtown Indianapolis with more on exactly who's creating noodles in a variety of shapes, sizes and uh, flavors. Brittany, always great to see you. Who would you know, what's this all about? I know the whole artisan kick has been going on for some time. and I guess this pasta is part of it. Exactly, Gary. It's one more great example of how Hoosier businesses are making products right in-house. And we're seeing so many of these businesses either pop up or folks adding it to their repertoire within the business. So this is just a taste of all the new pasta shops or some that have been around for a while. Yeah. And there really is a statewide flavor, if you will, uh, to this uh, handmade pasta uh, trend. Arbor is at the Bradley, that new boutique hotel in downtown Fort Wayne. I know, I know that's one of your stops. Yeah, the Arbor is definitely bringing something new to downtown Fort Wayne. It's really showcasing modern class or modern take on classic Italian cuisine. And every piece of pasta that they have in-house is made not only fresh, but hand-shaped daily in-house. And if you haven't actually been to the hotel yet, it's truly an experience from the minute you walk in the lobby, they've got a signature scent to various Fort Wayne touches with the artwork. And then if you're looking at the menu and not knowing what to try, you got to try out the Papara Delle Bolognese. It's top in their reviews. It's a great one to try. All right. From Northeast Indiana, back down to Indy, where there are a number of locations. Let's hit two of them. One of them, Nicole Taylor's Pasta Market. 
Yeah, this is definitely a trailblazer in making made from scratch pasta. They've been doing it since 2009, right there along the Monon Trail. It's family owned and operated by husband and wife, team of Tony and Rosa. They make beautiful pasta in-house and folks can't get enough of the little nest of pasta that you can buy by individual portions, flavors like garlic, spicy red pepper, red wine. And the beautiful thing about it is they have imported Italian ingredients right there. So you can take home a sauce, take home cheeses and olives and all the other things that you need to make a great Italian meal at home. All right, let's go to the Heron Morton neighborhood here in Indianapolis and a continuing entrepreneurial success story and goose the market. Yeah, you might know them best for their sandwich shop and the cheeses and meats. Um, but recently they've added on Thursdays made in-house pastas. Their meatmonger Shelva is creating new flavors each week that they share on social media. A great example of it, this right here, the jalapeno fettuccine that they have. Next week they've got carrot cavatelli. So each week they're using local seasonal ingredients to make really interesting pastas in-house. All right, let's go finish up in Northwest Indiana. Albano's Pasta Shop in Valparaiso. Yeah, they are sporting a five-star rating on Yelp and one of the highest rated restaurants in Northwest Indiana. They've actually re recently moved into a new spot with Elements Wine Bar, which what more could you ask for? Fresh pasta and a wine bar in one space. And folks cannot get enough of their short rib tortellini as well as their chicken tortellini. And they've always got different options coming on the menu. So it's a good place to visit and visit again. Yelp's Brittany Smith, once again, a great tour around the state of Indiana, a homemade, uh, handmade pasta from around Indiana. Uh, Brittany, as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Gary. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. Before we leave you this week, nothing says summer like a trip to the Indiana State Fair. From fair food to the animals to the midway, the 2022 edition of the fair runs through Sunday, August 21. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.